Hey, party people. Welcome to the Messy Hallelujah Podcast. I'm Katie. Each episode, you're going to hear me talking to one of my friends about their stories. I hope that by the end, you'll feel like you're one of our friends too. Here at the Messy Hallelujah Podcast, we're all about telling real stories, talking about real faith, and getting real messy. So pull up a chair, put on your comfy pants, and get ready to get messy. Hey friends, so I know it's been a while since we've had an episode and I'm really sorry about that, but there have been a lot of big changes in my world. Most recently, I stepped down from my full-time position at the church that I worked at for the last six years to stay at home with our son. And actually, you might hear him in the background of this intro because he's currently having some tummy time while I'm working on this podcast. It was a big decision for me and for Garrett, my husband. So we just took some time to pray and think. And man, we are just so grateful that you stuck around with this podcast. And I am back and I am ready because this episode today is going to be an amazing one. Today we are talking to Madison, who is an amazing woman, an amazing teacher, and who talks all about what it looks like when your life gets turned completely upside down on no fault of your own. And guys, it is an amazing story and I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's jump in with Madison. Hey Madison, how's it going girl? Hey Katie, it's going great, how are you? Oh, it's so good. I'm so glad to have you on the Messy Hallelujah podcast. Thanks for getting into your comfy clothes with me and jumping in. Yes, of course. I'm so excited to be with you. It's going to be great. So I just love, we have a lot of very mutual friends that we got to chat about, but we have never crossed paths before the Instagram world or Facebook or, you know, one of those social medias. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, I'm just so excited for our listeners to hear your story because I think it's just going to make a huge difference to someone. But before we go into all the nitty gritty, can you just tell our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Madison Bunch and um, I live in a small um, Northwest Georgia town, um, close to where Katie's parents grew up, (laughs) we learned. (laughs) And um, I teach high school math, which is always super entertaining. And I coach the majorettes, which are the baton twirlers with the band. And um, I just, it's me and my dog just hanging out most of the time. So, <laughs> And what is your dog's name? That's an important His question. His name is Dooley. Dooley. <laughs> I was like, if any of you are listening, that is a University of Georgia coach. So if yes. you, Matt is nice, you're the same alma mater. So yes. if Yeah, I was about to say, so obviously I went to Georgia. <laughs> She is a University of Georgia lover, so obviously if you can't listen from that name of her dog and didn't know, then still is a good man. Well, Madison, we are just going to jump right in today. Um, your messy hallelujah really has a lot to do around your marriage. And so I would love if you just kind of wanted to take us back as far as you think is important and just jump in. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, my freshman year at Georgia, um, to make, I guess, a long story short, I started dating a guy who I had known um, most of my life. Um, we had grown up going to, church, going to church together, and um, we started dating. He was here, and I was at Georgia, and um, we dated the whole time I was at Georgia and got engaged um, during my senior year, got married right afterwards. Um, I had a teaching job at the school that I grew up going to, and so moved back home, got married, and kind of started life. He was a youth minister at the church that 
um, he grew up going to. And um, so, yeah, we had been married like three and a half years and everything was just kind of um, magical. We had just been at Disney for a week. And um, so um, on a Friday afternoon, it was um, three days before Christmas. I couldn't get in touch with him and I'm a super worrier. So when his phone was going to voicemail, I was like, this is so strange. This is so strange. And so um, I had kind of been at home all day, like getting ready for Christmas. And um, I thought, okay, I'm going to run a couple of errands. And if I don't hear from him, I'm going to drive to where he works, which he worked in um, Rome, which was about 30 minutes away. Um, and so as I was out running my errands, I got a phone call um, from a random Rome number. And I actually thought, okay, well, he's dead. Like he's been in a car accident. He's dead. But um, in fact, he had been arrested. And so um, he was calling me from jail and to let me know that he had been arrested and that it was a total misunderstanding. And he um, had been arrested on some very serious charges. Um, so yeah, it was shocking, um, to say the least. It was extremely out of character. So, and yeah, there's going to be where it all begins. There's going to be part of this that you there's going to be things that Madison might not feel super comfortable sharing as far as what his charges look like, or um, and so if you're listening at home and you're like, oh, tell me exactly what the charges are, that might not be something we need to know to make the right. um, podcast pertinent because at the end of the right. day you live in a small town and you also have family and people that you love that right. might listen. And this is their life too. And so yes. we can all get some of the gist of what this yes. was like for you without actually knowing the nitty gritty details. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you get a call. Is it literally like, this is a call from yes, the jail. Like, this is a collect call, <laughs> call from the Floyd County jail. Yeah. It was okay. like Twilight Zone stuff. <laughs> so law and order is correct on that detail. That's yes, good to yes, know. They are. <laughs> and so did you go get him? Like what happens in this? Yeah. Moment? So I, um, obviously made some phone calls to our parents and, um, my aunt actually lived in Floyd County. So, um, she met me over there and I mean, it was literally the Friday before Christmas. Christmas was on Monday. So everything was shut down. I mean, it was like five 30. And so when I went up to the jail door, like I had to talk through the speaker and I was like, you know, can you tell me what his charges are? And they told me and I was absolutely floored um, because basically these charges had to do with um, what I later found out was a sting operation to do with some inappropriate things he had been doing online concerning um, what he thought was a minor mm. um, that wasn't. But um, I was absolutely floored. And so there was no way, I mean, there was no way he was getting out of jail anytime soon. So um, kind of just turned around and left the jail and went back home. Right before Christmas. And yes, what was going through your mind at this point when you described your marriage early on, it literally sounds like a picture perfect. At least if you live in the South, like we do, I mean, that's like getting married, dating through college. Yes. Right after college, you get a ring by spring and then you're married. And, and so yes. all of a sudden this picture perfect life, I imagine just felt like it was crumbling around you. Yeah, absolutely. I literally remember thinking like, this is going to be one of those before this happened and after this happened mm -hmm. moments in my life. Um, and so, you know, I literally had no clue what was going on. Um, 
I ended up, I wanted to figure out where his car was. And so, um, uh, you know, just kind of making some connections and some, some phone calls, I was able to go to his car and get some things out of it that were for Christmas and stuff. And so, um, the person who met me to get his car was actually the investigator on the case. Um, and so when I got there, he said, excuse me, he said, you know, would you like me to like, do you know what's going on? And I was like, no, I have no clue. And he said, well, would you like me to tell you? And I said, yeah, that'd be great. So, um, I mean, he told me and it was just total and absolute disbelief and shock. And, um, I don't know, just really hard to describe. So, yeah. And how do you even go on from there as far as at this point, the police were, because you said it was a sting operation, mm-hmm. fairly confident that he had done what yeah. they said he had done, right? There was literal evidence. Yeah. So it wasn't like you were sitting around thinking like, oh, well, this is probably not true. You knew it was true. Right. So Yeah. And there definitely was like a level of denial where I was like, there is no way. There is no way. Like this is the most out of character thing in the whole world. But then again, when the, when the police are standing there, tell you like, this is what he's done, you know? Um, yeah, it's a total mix of emotions, like nothing else. So what did you do? I really wanted to know what you were, if you were talking to the Lord at this point, like, what were you even saying? (laughs) Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't really remember the first, well, I do remember the first time I remember talking to the Lord. (laughs) Um, but I ended up, my aunt and I went back to my house in Calhoun and I grabbed a few things and decided to go to her house um, just because I didn't feel like I could be alone. And so um, I remember probably the next day sitting in the guest bedroom at her house and my grandmother died when I was 21 and we were really, really close. And I was very mad at God when it happened. Very, very mad um, for multiple reasons. And it took me probably a good four months to work through that and really get past it. Um, and so I just remember sitting in the bedroom thinking, okay, you've got a choice. Like you can either depend on God through this and like completely run to him, or you can do the complete opposite. And I don't think it's going to work out really well for you. So I just chose to totally run to the Lord. That's really the first time I remember (laughs) talking to the Lord. And I think it was the next day. Um, but yeah. And I'm sure you're having plenty more conversations with him later as we keep going down yes. this. Yes. Because <laughs> I think, isn't that great that there's so many moments that we want to, at least I do. I'm like, Lord, I'm going to depend on you. But then I feel like sometimes I, then I run back away and I'm like, but hold on. We're, right. I'm mad. We're still going to talk about this though. So right. let's keep going. So literally the next day it's Christmas. What happens? Keep going with me. Yeah. So, um, I have a wonderful family friend who's an attorney and he was just, he and his wife both were just total godsends during all of it. But, um, he ended up, you know, being able to go and see him for me and get some of the answers that, you know, I was looking for. And, um, I think that was the next day. And then, then was Christmas Eve and Christmas. And it was, it was awful. I cannot even describe to you how terrible Christmas was like, so it's been almost three years ago. Um, so like literally that Christmas was, it was probably the worst day of my life, even more so than when he got arrested. It was terrible. Um, and my family was so great. Like, I mean, I went to, 
you know, family dinner, didn't need anything. I actually didn't need anything for a solid week after this happened. Um, but you know, I, I I just, it was, it was awful. (laughs) I spent like half the day at my house by myself laying on my couch. Um, I wanted my Christmas decorations down so bad. (laughs) And I actually had some friends that came over a few days after Christmas and took all that down for me. But, um, yeah, there's a lot wrapped up in Christmas for me now because Mm. it was so extremely terrible. (laughs) And after Christmas, did you, did he get out? Did you have a chance to talk to him? Like, cause not only at this point, I'm just thinking through, not only at this point is your marriage that Mm -hmm. you think is going to be forever. Right. I don't think anyone goes into your vows and thinks like, I'm going to say this forever, but probably not. It was not only your marriage, but like your whole life that you pictured and imagined and Mm -hmm. living in a small town, I'm sure people were talking. Oh yeah. It was, it was on the front page of the newspaper. Um, Oh no. It was, yeah, it was very public. Um, We both grew up here, so we knew a lot of people. Um, I won't say the whole town, but most of the town. And um, I mean, it was very public and and I would say 98% of people were absolutely wonderful. I mean, I have the best community um, and, you know, we're just wonderful. Um, our church was wonderful. Um, but I mean, there, it was just some really hard stuff, you know, and yeah, my, all my plans crashed down. Like I'm an Enneagram one, so <laughs> I'm quite the planner. Um, you know, I had the three-year plan and the five-year plan and the 10-year plan. And it was literally just like watching it all like just fall from the sky like around Mm. me I just felt like I was standing with all these little pieces around me and nothing was ever going to be the same again and I mean yeah just watching my marriage crumble was really really hard so he actually ended up being in jail about three weeks and we didn't really get to have a real conversation until he got out of jail um so yeah it was it was really really tough um and just so heartbreaking um just so much to work through and really the time that he was in jail, I was still very hopeful that maybe something could work out for us. Um, but I mean, I obviously realized um, that that was not going to be possible. So. And so do you mind sharing a little bit of not, you don't have to obviously go into the conversation, but what did you decide as far as what your marriage looked like? Cause eventually I'm assuming y'all did speak in mm-hmm. person. Yeah. So my attorney um, that I was talking about earlier Um, just, I think really probably sought the Lord on what he said to me because, um, he said at one point, um, you don't need to be married right now. It doesn't mean that you can't get married again later, but right now you'll need to be legally divorced. And so, um, I said, okay. And, um, went ahead and filed for divorce while he was still in jail. And so, um, yeah, so we got the ball rolling on that. And then after, um, we sat down to talk once he was out. Um, it became pretty evident that it was not like it was not going to work out. Mm. Um, and that, you know, all these things that I was told, um, and lots more were very true. Mm. Um, which was extremely hard to believe. I think there's still people now in our town who read things that they still don't think are true, but they are. And so, you know, it was a super hard pill to swallow. Um, it was a lot. 
And so at this point, I mean, in the span of several weeks, you've mm-hmm. gone from a happily married mm-hmm. woman to, and you were what, 26 at this point? Yeah, I was 26. Yeah. Yeah. A 26 year old divorcee yeah. with her husband who is going to prison. Yeah. Who was a youth minister. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. in a small town, like there's so much yeah. about this that I'm in awe of just when I hear bits of your stories, there's so much about this that would have made it so easy to just be angry at mm-hmm. the Lord and to run away. I mean, it's not just a piece of your life that got shuffled around. It was like everything blew up. Yeah. Yeah. And so can you kind of tell me about what your faith was looking like at this point? Yeah. Um, as the dust on a settled. Right. Right. Yeah. So it was literally like the grace of the Lord. I have no other way to describe it. Um, just so many things that were just the grace of God in my life. Um, one, I never really got super angry with him until about three months afterwards. Um, and I, from the very beginning, like wanted to show him a lot of grace. Um, and so that him was being totally, your ex-husband. You yes, didn't get yes, angry yes, with him. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, that was totally the Lord in my life. And then just as far as like, the way my faith was looking. I mean, there were days that I guess it's like you get to a point and you're so, you're so at the bottom of the pit, like there's literally nowhere else to turn. And that's the point that I was at most days. Like this is literally so terrible that I have no one else to go to, you know, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I had family that was extremely helpful and friends who were extremely helpful, but I felt like I had nowhere else to go, but to the Lord because it was just so unbelievably bad a lot of days. And so, and there were, I mean, there were times that I thought this is going to completely crush me, you know, where I would wake up in the middle of the night and think, Oh my gosh, like I can't believe that this is what has happened to my life, you know? And, but those were the times that I just had to, you know, remind myself like, you know, the Lord is still right here. Um, you know, and even in these super dark times. Um, so, yeah. And I think I also decided really early on and a part that played just a huge part in me keeping my faith strong was I just felt like Satan literally got so much from this. Like he, like he being my ex-husband was obviously so far into sin that I had no clue about. Like he had manipulated and deceived so many people so well to be so far into sin that Satan had won so much already by, you know, I think Satan loves to prey on the men in our lives, you know, because they're supposed to be the leader of the household and especially someone who has the potential to, I mean, he was in seminary and everything like, Mm -hmm. you know, he had the potential to really change a lot of lives um, for the Lord. And I think Satan loves to attack those people. And so I thought, you know, Satan's already gotten a whole lot. I'm not going to let him have anything else of my story. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like if I didn't keep my faith strong in my relationship with the Lord, like Satan would get more of my story and I wasn't going to let him have it. You go girl. I am inspired. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. And I feel like sometimes just as I've been hearing different stories, did you think it was easier to turn to the Lord in this situation? Because you knew that that was not something that God had ordained, right? Like God wasn't sitting up there being like, Oh, I hope that he, makes these choices right? that um, 
Was that, do you think that made it easier to remain with the strong faith? Yeah, I think it did. It also was the first time I had ever realized like how very real the enemy and sin and like spiritual warfare is in our lives. It's like a very real thing. And, um, I think it was the first time in my life I was like, Whoa, like I just saw like so much that was hidden in darkness come to the light Mm -hmm. and just saw all this sin, like be revealed and like, Whoa, like Satan is a very real thing Mm -hmm. and sin is a very real thing. And I think that was one thing that was like, man, I'm going to run to the Lord on this one because like, this is some scary stuff. And this is my PSA to everyone as someone that works full, I work full time at a church to check on the people that work at the church and just love on them. Well, I think there's a lot of people that um, we get to love on as people that work at a church, but sometimes people never check on you because they don't think to, they think, Oh, you work at a church. You've got it all together. Not always true. And so just be checking on those people that work at your local churches because it's a big job and just give them a little shout, give them a love, same prayer for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And check on their spouses. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, I was going to say that check on their spouses too. (laughs) It's tough. (laughs) I know my poor husband is like, Katie, I didn't know I was going to be famous when we got married and have everyone watching me. I'm like, sorry, babe. Because when your wife works at a church, all of a sudden everyone knows you. Yes. Um, So the part that I loved that I was super excited to talk to you is you said, that now looking back at the situation, you can see so clearly how the Lord turned this horrible, horrible scenario into some things that are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I would love if you wanted to elaborate a little bit on that. We probably have some listeners that are like, how can anything good come from right. this Lifetime movie? Does this feel like a Lifetime yes. movie? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was falling asleep during a nap today watching the 1994 <laughs> Lifetime movie. And this feels like it could have been could a Lifetime be it. movie. Yes, it definitely could be. It's like Scandal in a Small Town or something yes, like that. Would yes, be its that's name. probably what it would be called. <laughs> but how were some ways that you saw the Lord just show up in the middle of this for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say three people is like my number one thing. Um, so a lady who I was just like a total acquaintance with who um, her husband was also in ministry and made some detrimental decisions um, that, you know, really affected their lives. Um, She came over the night after everything had happened and stayed about three or four hours. And we talked and she is the one who told me just initially, like the Lord can only bring good from this. Like anything else is not from the Lord and the Lord will Mm -hmm. only bring good. And so I just held on to that like most days, like the Lord is only going to bring good. Like anything else is not him. Like you've got to just look for the good. So, I mean, that was one way just through people, through her, my family was wonderful. My mom and my aunt and uncle and the rest of my family. And, um, I ended up going to a small group that is through the church that I go to now, but, um, they just totally welcomed me with open arms. And when I went, I went while he was still in jail for the first time. And so I went and was like, I am never going to share with them about this. They all already know because it's been on the front page of the newspaper and I will never talk about it here. So I'll let you wonder how far that guy, like it didn't get very far. (laughs) It was like a few weeks later and it was, there was a total breakdown about it, but they were literally just like the best. Um, And so my college friends, like just everybody was incredible. Um, the people I work with, 
Um, I can't say enough about them, but I just really saw the Lord work through people in my life. And it was just really incredible. Um, and then just in other things too, like that year I ended up traveling like a ton. Like I went to Waco and saw the girl who was my, um, discipler in college. One of my best friends, um, got sent to Seattle for five weeks that summer to work. And I went out there for a week all by myself to meet up with her. Um, so just, you know, there's, there's so much good that can come from a situation. You just have to look for it and see where the Lord wants to make those moments happen. And I think the ultimate good that came out of it was I just learned so many things about the Lord and his character that like I would not have learned otherwise. Like, you know, the Lord is just incredibly faithful and um, will just go to great lengths for us. Um, just the way that everything happened with like the way that my personality is like, if it, I, I honestly think if it had happened any other way than it had happened, I would have held on and tried to make things work. And, you know, he obviously had some very deep seated issues that I don't think, you know, he ever could have worked through and us remained married. Um, so the way, just the way that it happened totally kind of let me off the hook, I guess, without, you know, me feeling like I was in the wrong in any way necessarily. And with the way my personality is, that was the way I needed for it to be. Mm-hmm. So just the, the way that the Lord works through those things, um, it's just really crazy. I could probably name a thousand more, but I would go on forever about it. But um. Yeah, I call those really individual ways that when situations work out just the way that you need them to in that moment, mm-hmm. that's where I say that the Lord is present because he knows us deeply and individually, mm-hmm. right? Like things yeah. that you just need right in that moment that it's like no one else might have needed it just this way, but I needed mm-hmm. it like that. And I also, you know, I'm not a pretty bow. Like I don't love to wrap things up with pretty bows or pretend that things are always great. So in those moments of all those great travels and like amazing friends that are stepping in and just like loving on you, were there still moments though of anger or doubt or frustration? Yeah, Yeah, there were, go ahead. Sorry. No, you got it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there were tons of those. Um, I mean, yeah, there were tons of days. There were days that I just totally bawled my eyes out and was so frustrated and um, just, yeah, really difficult moments um, of just not what I thought my life was going to look like, Mm. Um, you know, and even in the year after, like, um, I probably got invited, no joke, to like 10 weddings in the year after. Um, my divorce happened and I was like, I just want to bang my head into the wall, (laughs) but like, I'm going to get me happy for these people. And so, you know, I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of different levels of frustration and, um, sadness and anger and yeah. And I think the cool part about, um, the Lord that I love to talk about on this podcast is that you're allowed to have all those feelings, Mm -hmm. but you're also allowed to be joyful in that season too. Like, it doesn't have to be both or one or the other. Like you can have both and, and that the Lord can walk with you in the middle of that. I think I saw some um, 
TikTok, you know, where you get all of the great <laughs> wisdom of life. But yes. it was literally talking about like what people think grief should look like and literally had like a, her cell phone went off and it was like a timer and it said like grief over. And she like flipped out of the bed and she was like, all right, I'm good. And that's just not the reality of no. what you went through was traumatic and you had right. great grief and it's going to ebb and flow. And you probably had some really, really high moments and some really, really low moments all in the midst of this situation. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was really like, and this is part of just my personality too. Like I don't like to not be happy. I don't like for everything not to be perfect, but mm. I especially just don't like to not be happy. So I was like, you know what? I can choose to be happy. Like that's a choice I can make. And so I'm, you know, all about that. Like you can choose to be joyful and choose to be happy. And the Lord loves that. But the Lord is also okay on the days that you're just not okay. Like it's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. And those were kind of my things, you know? And so, yeah, the Lord can totally deal with both. Um, yeah. And I think we should have both, right? Like that's kind of this whole point of having this conversation, this podcast is um, we should be able to have conversations with not just the Lord, but I think with each other and people that we're called into friendships with, because mm -hmm. that's the only way that you're going to get through these moments is by having truthful conversations about mm -hmm. what's going on. And I think that there's also something so cool in the fact that you had moments of great joy with your friends too, because that's just something that I think the Lord puts in our lives that is so needed. Because if mm -hmm. every moment was so hard, oh my gosh, like, yeah, how would you even keep going. Right. Yeah. I love that your podcast is called Messy Hallelujah because I feel like that totally sums it up. It was the messiest of the messy. <laughs> like it was so messy, but I just thought like, I'm gonna, you know, let the Lord get the glory for this in the middle of it, you know? And I think until you go through one of those moments, I think you can't understand people might be listening to you right now and maybe have never gone through a messy hallelujah and be like, this girl is cuckoo. Like I would not be saying <laughs> hallelujah in the middle of a divorce when I'm 26 and my husband is in jail and my life has exploded. But I think we have to be able to say hallelujah in the middle of the mess or else. Mm -hmm. I mean, what else do you choose? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, yeah. <laughs> and so how does your life look different now? Like what does your life look like at this moment than it was three years ago? Yeah. So, um, I lived, I actually ended up living with my aunt and uncle in their basement apartment for two years, which was much needed. Um, I didn't need to be alone, um, especially right after. And so, um, that was just some really special time with them. So I lived there for two years, but I'm living on my own now, which is great. And I have my own home again. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of trucking right along. Um, I've actually dated a guy since um, all of that happened. And I really thought that that was going to work out and it didn't work out. Um, and that's okay. So, um, you know, that's been kind of another I guess, valley that I've walked through. And so, um, you know, I mean, I'm just enjoying this stage of life. Like I did come right out of college and get married. So I didn't have that time that some people have where, you know, they kind of have a time where they can kind of do whatever they want to. So now I'm just doing whatever I want to, to an extent. Um, it's all about and, Madison. Yes. <laughs> 
So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to enjoy this stage of life and it definitely comes with some challenges. I mean, I just turned 29 and, um, obviously I've thought that life would look a little bit different at 29 than it does now. Um, I kind of thought I'd have a baby at 29, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that was, that was the five year plan. And so, you know, it's, it's been kind of, it's, it's difficult in a lot of ways, but, um, I'm just trying to, you know, I, another thing that I learned is just that real joy and real contentment can only come from the Lord. Um, the things that we, I mean, I obviously put a lot of my trust and my happiness was found in my husband, obviously, as I would say, most of us say that. And, you know, aside from the Lord, that was probably the next thing that I found all those things in. But even something that you trust or someone that you trust that much can let you down because we're all sinful. And so, you know, I just real joy and real contentment can only come from the Lord. So I'm just focusing on that for now and loving all my kids. I teach and coach and all the things. (laughs) And what kind of things do you hold on to on those days when you look around and I know a lot of your friends, we have a lot of mutual friends, right? Who are having babies or Mm -hmm. who are married or, you know, have those things that maybe you thought that you were going to have when you were 29. How do you, what are kind of things that you tell yourself when you're in the middle of that mess of, I thought that life was going to look so different. Yeah. So, um, it's a, it's a real struggle. A lot of days, um, I actually just found a Corey 10 boom quote that's on my phone. Um, that says never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Mm. Um, and I feel like my future is so unknown these days. <laughs> so I think, you know, just things like that, just, and I wear a ring that says trust. Um, like, you just have to trust in the Lord. Like his plan is so much better than what we could ever imagine. And even, you know, I got to, everything happened on the 22nd and there for a while, every month on the 22nd, I would be like, okay, I've survived another month. I've survived Mm. another month. And when I finally got to a year, I was like, okay, I've survived a year. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, you just have to trust the Lord, like his plan is better than ours. And at the end of that year, I thought, you know what, like, this was absolute hell a lot of days, quite honestly, like, it was the worst storm I've ever lived through. But I don't think I would get back and change it. Because I know at the end of the day, God has something better planned than I could imagine. And learning about the Lord like I did was totally worth it. So I think I just have to hold on to that when it's hard is that, you know, I wouldn't go back and change it. And you know, the Lord's just got such a, such a beautiful plan for all of us. So. And I think that's something that you are never going to know what a difference your story is going to be able to make in the way that you've trusted on the Lord and the dependence that you've grown through from, bloop, bloop, bloop. you know what I'm <laughs> saying, girl, the dependence that you have gotten on the Lord from this part of your story. I th- right. wish sometimes we could fast forward to the end of our lives and just well, I mean, not fast forward because I don't <laughs> want it to be over, but that you could have like a bird's eye view and be like, oh, this is what, this is what's going to come from this. And instead yeah. we just get like piece by piece. Right. There might be like small moments. Have you had any moments like that, that it's like, oh, this good came from this? Right. Um, one thing that I think of, and I don't even know if this really answers your question, but um, 
I can't remember what I heard one day. It was a message or something about, um, I just remember like being in my car alone driving to the jail and it was like a 30 minute drive. And then I drove back by myself too. And I remember just feeling so alone and so abandoned. And I heard a message. I mean, it's been like a year or two later and it was like, I mean, after hearing the message or whatever, it was about, you know, we never know like when Jesus is just sitting right beside us. And it was like that night I was almost asleep and I had like the clearest like vision of Jesus sitting beside me in my car that I've ever had in my whole life. I was like, Oh my gosh. And so, you know, I just remember thinking like, I felt like I was so alone, but truly Jesus is right there with us in those moments Mm. that are so extremely terrible. Um, I don't know if that really even answers the question, but that's just kind of what it made me think. Of. No, I love that. I don't think there are any clear answers to these questions because <laughs> it's kind of this big, like hypothetical idea that right. we're talking about. Cause we don't actually know any of the answers, right? right It'd be really right. cool if we did. It'd be really, really cool if we did. And I said, I'm just super excited to see what the Lord has for your story. And I know that it's going to be something really beautiful. Um, because I just love your chutzpah with the way that you are just (laughs) taking your story and taking it by the horns and saying like, I'm not going to let this take not just the rest of what you pictured your life to look like, but your faith too. And I think that's just so, so cool. Um, and so thank you for sharing that. It just leaves me inspired. (laughs) Well, thanks. (laughs) Well, I'd love before we wrap up, I always um, ask the same two questions at the end of each episode. And so the first one is if someone is listening to this and they are in the middle of their first messy hallelujah, what would you say to them? Yeah. Um, I guess I would, well, let me kind of say this and then I'll kind of answer that. I just, to anyone who has a husband who's in ministry and has done something that is detrimental, um, I felt like no one in the world had gone through that except for me. And um, I I told you guys, I have a friend who did. And um, I actually was connected with a lady who had like an extremely similar situation to mine. And her husband was in ministry as well. But um, I just, to those people, like if you're in the middle of that messy hallelujah, like please know that like you're not alone. You're not the only person who's gone through it. Um, And the Lord, has you like he's got you and he's not going to leave you and you're not defined by the choices or the decisions that somebody else made um so I guess to someone specifically going through that I would say that um and to just anyone who's in the middle of a messy hallelujah I would just say it so matters like who you surround yourself with um to surround yourself with those godly people who will encourage you and lift you up and um, also just to pick a really good inner circle of people. Um, I had about, I guess, maybe four people that I really told everything to and really solicited their advice. You cannot tell everybody everything and you cannot take everybody's advice at all. And so, you know, you got to pick those people up front that you're like, okay, they get it all. And I'll listen to what they have to say and pray on what they have to say. Um, So, yeah, I just think that's super important. And also, you know, when we go through some of these situations like this, you know, they're traumatic. 
I mean, they are no doubt traumatic. Um, I didn't realize how traumatic it was until I ran a red light one night because I was so lost in my thoughts. I, I just was completely lost in it. And um, I was like, okay, wow. Like, <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, how deep I got into some of it sometimes. And so just asking for help um, and you know, doing whatever you need to do to get help, whether it's talking to someone or talking to a counselor or, you know, whatever you need to do. I think a lot of our messy hallelujahs kind of have to have that component to them too. So. You know, I love counseling, girl. I'm pro <laughs> that. And I think it's so good that you say that about having an inner circle. I always tell this to anyone that will listen is that someone has to earn the right to hear your story. Mm-hmm. And I think especially when you're going through something really messy that a lot of people want to circle around you and they want to hear all the details, but that doesn't mean that they've earned the right to hear your heart. And so trusting just like a small inner group with that, I think is so, so wise. Mm -hmm. And you talked a lot about people that loved you super well in the middle of this mess. So if someone that is listening, loves someone that's in the middle of their messy hallelujah, what do you have to say to them? Yeah, um, I think it definitely depends on, you know, how close you are to someone, but just um, letting someone know that you're there and available, um, no matter the means it may need to be. Um, I was cleaning out some stuff the other day and found a card from someone who I, is definitely just an acquaintance, but she wrote me the absolute sweetest card that I will keep forever um, because, you know, it just let me know that she was there and supported me and I mean, it was just, it was precious, you know, so from people like that, you know, it's totally okay if you're just an acquaintance with somebody and they're walking through something really hard and you reach out to them, you know, I would just say, reach out and let people know you're there and you love them and, um, you know, don't expect anything in return. Um, my phone was really overwhelming for a few days, you know, people just texting and um, sending messages and, you know, sometimes calling and, um, you know, just I would say reach out and love on people, but, you know, don't necessarily expect a certain um, reaction from them. But I don't think you'll ever go wrong in letting someone know that you love them and support them. Mm. I think that's so good. Then that's kind of talk like, don't expect, don't go in with all the questions. Don't go in thinking what you need out of this conversation. Go in just thinking about this other person. And what they might need. I think that's super true. We all try to make ourselves feel better. And I think a lot of time we want to know what's happening so that we can say like, oh, we're, you know, we can pray for you. Or sometimes we can just say we're praying for you. If we just want to know the gossip, let's be real, you know? And, um, (laughs) so I think that's so good of just saying like, Hey, I'm here for you. If you need anything, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. And going into without your opinion, like I so quickly learned, I will never judge another person because until you are in their exact situation. I mean, I had people telling me, you know, they would have just never spoken to him again and just blah, 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 you know? And I'm like, well, that's great that that's what you would do, but like, you're not standing in my situation. So that's not what I'm going to do. You know, I have to answer for it at the end of the day. So just, just going in without those opinions and just loving and supporting someone unconditionally. That's so good. Trying to take ourselves out of it. Yeah. Um, Madison, this was so good to talk to you. If one of our listeners wants to reach out, maybe they're in a similar situation than you and don't have many other people to talk to or just want to say, hey, how can they find you? 
Yeah, so I'm on Instagram um, at Madison Y Bunch. Um, my profile is private because I'm a high school teacher. Girl, <laughs> but definitely shoot me a message. Choice. Yes, I'm also on Facebook. Um, it's just Madison Bunch. So shoot me a message on there too. And um, yeah, I would love to talk to anyone um, going through a similar situation because it's just good to know you're not alone. Know the Lord can bring you out stronger on the other side of it. Absolutely. And I think this is, um, especially your situation is something that could have a lot of shame that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And so to have someone else that, you know, knows exactly what you're going Mm -hmm. through, I think could just be so, so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, girl, thank you so much. This was so good. And I just love talking with you. Yes. Thank you so much. Dang, right? I loved learning from Madison and I hope one day that I am as wise as her. It really was an honor to get to hear her story and I hope that you guys got something out of it too. So as we're wrapping up today, I have a favor I'd love to ask y'all. I would love to, if you would help me get this podcast out to more people so they can hear these amazing stories of real faith. So what that looks like is one, to subscribe to this podcast on whatever listening device that you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. And two, if you would rate this podcast. That helps us get higher up on the podcast list so that more people can find us and hear these amazing stories. Also, if you have a story of your messy hallelujah that you would like to tell, I would love to hear it. You can find us on Instagram at the messy hallelujah podcast, or you can email us at messy hallelujah at gmail.com. Or maybe you just want to talk because now that your girl's a stay at home mom, I can get all of that social interaction that I can get. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, stay messy.